honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, <laughs> Amazon Music, Stitcher, Double Twist. Yeah, you're like, okay, stop saying all of that, right? Yeah, it's a lot of different applications you can get the show on, so please do check those out. And of course, if you're listening, you must be using one of them, obviously. Anybody that thinks you have to sit in front of a computer to listen to a podcast is crazy. You do not have to sit in front of a computer. Okay, with that said, <laughs> I'm sure 99.9% of you know that already. With all of that said, the Timberwolves played four games this last weekend. Remember how I always say it, all losses. Yeah, well, 0-4, that's uh, over 4 at least this week, but 2-6 uh, for six, or 2-6 is the record at the moment. Carl Anthony Towns, again, remember the dislocated wrist and the swelling and all that, because when you dislocate a joint, it swells up and it hurts like hell. And yeah, Well, it's one of those things. It's, uh, it went back in place, and there's no surgery required, but yeah, it's the NBA. It's the NBA. A guy has a stub toe, and he's out for three months. It's, it's the NBA, so get ready for that, unfortunately. Not trying to be rude or snarky. It's just reality <laughs> at the end of the day. With that said, I'll try my best to dig deep for positives, but I'll also be honest about the negatives. And this uh, kind of snowy morning here in Golden Valley, Minnesota, Friday morning for me at this moment, January the 8th, 2021, a year that is off to whatever kind of start you could say it's off to. Not good, really. I, I don't know. Anybody that thought <laughs> a new year would be a good thing, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like the same as always, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <sighs> We opened up the season, or we opened up the new year in Target Center against the Washington <laughs> Washington Wizards, and there was wizardry, all right, but it wasn't us. 130 to 109, it was about as bad a game as I've ever seen. The Wizards were 0-5, and, and oh, they're better than their record, and blah, 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 and they have talented players. Yeah, but, Res- but what Russell Westbrook didn't even play. It was like one guy out there named Bradley Beal, the guy all of us would like to have possibly on the Wolves, and... It just sucked. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Sure, you got to see Vanderbilt play for 12 minutes. You'd like to see probably more of that. J.D. McDaniels didn't do a whole lot in the nine minutes he played. Occasionally, though, I mean, when they actually give him the ball and he's able to do a little catch and shoot from the outside, it's pretty cool. It's just, that's the whole league now. Whether you're a power forward, small forward, shooting guard, whatever, even the center, catch and shoot threes, is that the whole league now? I think so. I, I, I think so. Uh, my coffee maker's talking to me and saying, hey, you know, coffee's ready. Well, yeah, I already took it out. I just kind of reset the thing. Well, Ed Davis got 10 rebounds. That's positive. Malik Beasley found a way to score 21 points. How 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 did he do it? He It doesn't matter. He just did it, I guess. <laughs> he just got his 21 points. Uh, Bradley Beal, 31, and he kind of torched us. It felt like he had like 45 points in the game. Kind of like, uh, like, like a Paul Pierce years ago against the Timberwolves in the target center. Early in the year, I believe it was. That was a cool game I got to go to. It's the first time I ever really was in the lower deck for a game uh, back in my season ticket holder days. Just one game, just once. Anthony Edwards, you know, his shooting is not so good, and that was kind of one of the things coming in. Hopefully, 
during the course of his uh, upcoming summers, his shot will improve like Jared Culver supposedly did. It kind of did, and it kind of didn't. Culver's been starting at power small. Uh, he's been starting at forward. He's just playing forward, whatever that means in this day and age. I don't know. Uh, it was his worst rebounding game, pretty much. Usually he pulls down about 6 six to 10-ish, which is pretty impressive, actually, for a guy of his size. Uh, he's not small, but he sure as hell ain't big. Only two rebounds in the game. Nas Reed, nice numbers, but at the end of the day, this game was just depressing to watch. It, it really was, in so many facets. Like, nobody particularly shot well, except for Nas Reed, and he had his moments. That's the good part. Uh, generally speaking, I guess, okay, fine. 47, almost 48% isn't bad. 57% from the free throw line is pathetic, though. 12 of 21, that's like... I, I, I don't understand, and <laughs> it's funny to think Lehman got to the line with uh, nine attempts. That's kind of wild to imagine Jake Lehman there, but okay, good for him. That's actually a solid game. And then the new modern-day junkyard dog, Jared Vanderbilt. Who's the, who am I comparing him to? Is uh, Jerome Williams. Some of you youngsters out there might not remember him. He's 47 years old nowadays, but he played back in the late 90s and in the, the 2000s, about a 10-year career. The Junkyard Dog, Junkyard Dog, J.W., I guess that was like his overall nickname. Oh, no, that's his Twitter account. He is the Junkyard Dog, and I think uh, Jared Vanderbilt compares to him almost exactly. They're almost about the same size. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, obviously, getting his career uh, started off sooner, which is nice, despite the fact when he first got him a year ago, he didn't see the light of day. But that's how it goes. Your second-round pick, he, he probably came into the draft too early. Otherwise, maybe he would have been picked in like the later first round, kind of like a Jaden McDaniels, who also looks like he's a, 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 he looks like he's like about 15 years old, but he, he can play a little bit. He can play a little bit. I feel encouraged with Jaden McDaniels. I sip coffee here. My apologies. Um, Vanderbilt, though, yeah, he does remind me of the junkyard dog in a lot of ways. He's, he's even got nice teeth like the junkyard dog, right? <laughs> the junkyard dog. Jerome Williams was a, you know, he was a valuable, a glue, a valuable glue guy who just kind of got the job done. And, well, there you go. Like I was saying, late first round pick, well, Jerome Williams was back in 96. Boy, that 96 draft. Just take a look at the 96 draft and you're going to just be amazed. I mean, it's everybody, basically. Everybody that played during the early 2000s and was a, a star, basically, came in this draft, I swear. Marbury, Allen Iverson. Ugh, I don't like Iverson, but he was a hell of a player, and everybody loved him, except me uh, and a couple others that are more highly educated, right? Yeah, okay, I'm just making fun of myself there. Um, but no, Kobe, Nash, all of them. It's just unbelievable how many players came out of that draft. I'll be quiet now about that part. But a valuable guy who just kind of gets rebounds, he scores points, he'll set other players up. More so in Jared Vanderbilt's case, Jerome Williams wasn't much of a passer. He just kind of played his game, kind of like a miniature, kind of like a little mini Rodman out there. Good, strong defense, getting some rebounds and some points. Obviously a mini Rodman, because Rodman would get way more rebounds and his defense was, you know, all NBA level. Uh, Jerome, Willi uh, Jerome Williams, Jared Vanderbilt's got a chance to be one of those super valuable guys. He might actually end up being a better player than Jerome Williams at the end of the day. His numbers are kind of similar so far. But like I was trying to say, he's also a better passer, though. He can set players up, you know, you know, cutting to the basket, setting them up with a nice little uh, dish as a cutting to the hoop. Really like Jared Vanderbilt, and that's kind of a positive that I've been talking about so far this season. He's a nice little find. He's a nice little acquisition in that big uh, Denver trade last year. 
I'm almost forgetting who the heck was included in that trade because it was a whirlwind for a couple of days there. It's the guy we got that we were all excited about that's been extremely disappointing so far this year. Despite the fact he's got the crispest, uh, he's got the most crisp outside shot when he makes them. But the fact he looks like he doesn't give a damn, and that's D'Angelo Bleepin' Russell. D'Angelo Russell when he wears the number zero, and I sometimes I feel that's about the equivalent of his heart points. You know, like heart points, like how many hearts you have. You know, uh, how much heart you have out there playing. I don't see a whole lot of heart out of the guy. Oh, yeah, he talks, and he's, you know, and I don't mean talks trash. I mean, he's, like, talking, like, kind of trying to lead players and give advice and everything and talk about the plays and everything. But it seems like he's just kind of playing a pickup game out there. He doesn't really feel like he's playing NBA basketball. He's just kind of chilling, you know, playing a pickup game. All right, go this way, go that way. Uh Uh-huh, yep, okay, okay, I'm just going to shoot it. And then brick, you know. Or occasionally it's like, again, like bottom of the net. When he actually makes it, he looks like Steph Curry. But, and I hate Steph Curry, but good for him. <laughs> good for him. He's a good shooter. I just don't like the guy. Uh, but look at the stark contrast in the plus minuses. And I know plus minus isn't important, but occasionally it tells you something. Especially when he's the best offensive weapon on the floor. D'Angelo Russell is the best offensive weapon on the Timberwolves right now without Carl Anthony Towns. Otherwise, they're about equal. Guys that could score in the, in the, in the 20s a game. D'Angelo Russell, you know, the, the lower half of the 20s, lower to mid half of the 20s, I'd say. 20 to 25 a game, D'Angelo and Carl. He was a minus 32. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. Isn't that terrific? He was a minus 32. <laughs> minus 32. Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. I don't care about Happy New Year because did anything change? Not really. You know, I know. Go ahead and enjoy your Happy New Year. I'm so glad 2020's over. And then, yeah, whatever. Jared Vanderbilt plus eight. And I know, okay, garbage time later in the game. And Junkyard Dog probably played the whole fourth quarter, basically, in those 12 minutes. So it it is what it is. And I think he needs to get rotation, man. It's not just, you know, not just uh, fourth quarter in a blowout loss type of situation. They call that mop-up duty in the baseball world. When you put in one of your weaker relief pitchers to just kind of finish off the game because you're down like, you know, 12 to 1 or something in the seventh inning. Yeah, let's just get the hell out of here. Yeah, uh, but Vanderbilt, I think he can play legitimate minutes and he has had some moments out there in multiple games where you see him doing the exact same thing he's doing in garbage time. Rubio, I'm not seeing a whole lot there either. He, he, you know, now the local media is catching on to the same thing I've been saying. You know, the Score North guys, those kind of guys, they're saying that's the same thing I'm saying. Rubio looks older. He looks, and I know he's aged of course, but I mean, he looks like he's aged like five years since last year. He doesn't look like the same guy. He's slow. He's just kind of like low energy. I I don't know. He'll speak out about things and that's good, but he's not that good though right now. He's not been good. He, He was pretty valuable at Phoenix and Utah, obviously. I'm not seeing the same vibe. Is it because he's he's relegated to like being kind of like the number two point guard? So he's just kind of like saying, fine, I'll be the number two point guard and I'll play like one too. That sucks. Jared Culver versus Denver, much better game. But of course the Wolves, this is where it became games of runs. Games of runs. And there was always bad ones. <laughs> always. The Wolves would be playing well against Denver. In all three of these games, Denver, Denver again, and then Portland, right? And they'd be playing well in every single one of them. And in every single one of the games... The other team, be it Denver or Portland, two teams I've just been frustrated with over the years, but fun little divisional rivalries, even though grand scheme of things, I guess, 
we're not rivals, but well, we're division rivals. We're not like, you know, like when I used to call the Spurs a rival, I didn't mean like a real rival, like, wow, you know, Western Conference over and over again. I just meant division rival back in the day because that's what they were. And that's all they were. Other than that, they just kind of stomped on us all the time. Um, that sucks. Uh, Denver swept the series. It was kind of like a college hockey weekend, basically. Two quick games, and the season, and the series is over. Denver swept the Wolves. Uh, 124-109 on Jan 3rd. Not one of the happier games for the Wolves, obviously, particularly down the stretch. Jared Culver played very well, but Jamal Murray torched us. They get us every single game. It seemed like there was no resistance to Jamal Murray driving to the basket. Jokic, Jokic, whatever you want to call him. He had a triple-double. Yep, he had a triple-double. Looks like, uh, you know, Arvidas Sabonis. Yes, he does. It's not even close. He's by far the closest thing to Arvidas Sabonis. Big, bulky guy who can scoop up rebounds, dish to anybody he wants, and score 20 points plus a game. He's a hell of a player, and he kicks our butts almost every time we play against him, whether it's Carl or Ed Davis or whoever. Ed Davis is a guy who rebounds the ball, and we appreciate that very much. You'll hear some of that in the uh, Twitter conversation in the, in the third segment. If I could, Until I get banned from Twitter again for not being whatever Twitter wants me to be, I guess. We'll leave that where that is. Uh, <laughs> Malik Beasley, 25 points against his former team. He played well, but of course the head-to-head matchup with Jamal Murray was about what it was. It was like Wolves versus Spurs. It's just... Unfortunately, it's just the other guy won. Let's just leave that as is. We'll just leave it at that. Anthony Edwards, so much for the double digit, uh, as he had double digits in his fourth straight game. That was cool against the uh, uh, sixth straight game. Yeah, uh, five out of six. Pardon me. He he did screw. Uh, he did lose at the game before. Pardon me. But uh, another single digit game, unfortunately for Anthony Edwards. So he's got to start a new streak up to catch Kevin Garnett and uh, all those guys. <laughs> LeBron James. It's going to be a while for that one. A long, long while for that, unfortunately. Luckily, he's only 19. <laughs> but generally speaking, it was a game of runs. I mean, what do they always say? It's a game of runs, and oh, it was a game of runs all right. Wolves played fantastic in that third quarter. You felt good after Denver had a pretty solid second quarter, and the Wolves were relegated to only 20 points. Awesome third quarter for Minnesota. And then the fourth quarter happened, and that was it. It was just depressing. Like, the Wolves are playing so solid, so well. And then it was just like, get the hell out of here. That's basically what Denver told us. And that's about all I have to say. D'Angelo Russell, you know, 7 of 15, three of, uh, 4 of 7 from downtown. Good numbers, actually. His stats were good, but the energy, something's just not right with them. He reminds me of Kirk Cousins, man. Except, then again, no, it's not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins tries. He just makes weird mistakes and stuff. Russell, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Youth? Youth? Immaturity? I think. Something like that. And entitlement because he's got you know 29 million a year it's kind of a combination of all the above jd mcdaniels found a way to get five quick points in less than a minute that's cool and jared vanderbilt 55 minutes in that game 55 seconds pardon me i think vanderbilt would have been valuable earlier i i mean you he's the kind of guy you almost would have been better off starting him out in that fourth quarter it's not like Juancho hernan gomez was doing that well for us he had a couple moments sure he'd do much better against denver later on much been better against Denver in the next game, which still wasn't enough. Ugh. But um, I don't know. I would have taken my chances with uh, Jared Vanderbilt out there versus Wancho. Uh, Culver, again, fantastic game, but he can't make free throws again, which is really depressing. Like, like last year, remember how bad he was at the free throw line? He's bad again. Three of six. 
I don't understand it. I don't understand. Come on, guys. Make your free throws, please. <laughs> There's so much more to Jared Vanderbilt than three of six from the free throw line. I, uh, I just called him Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Culver. You know, I'm getting those guys mixed up. Come on now. <laughs> Ricky Rubio, another mediocre game. You know, again, Anthony Edwards, you just didn't see it in this game. Whatever it was, it just wasn't there. A couple of nice passes, sure, but... Other than that, once his misses Lincoln, how was the play in the fourth quarter? That's about it. Um, Nas Reed, solid game. Malik Beasley was the best player on the floor, which is nice. He was actually above 50% in both three points and the whole, you know, field, field goal range. He even had five points, uh, uh, field goal percentage, pardon me. He even had five assists and seven rebounds. Easily as good a game as you're going to get out of Beasley. And it's nice, but again, he's playing his former team, so of course he's going to play well. And he still lost the head-to-head battle with Jamal Bleeping Murray, who I would love to have on the Timberwolves today. But unfortunately, the Wolves did not select him in the draft years ago. We took Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn, who's the third-string point guard for the Atlanta Hawks today. Cool, huh? Fifth pick? Or fifth? Yeah, it's a fifth pick. I think my mind is gone, folks. I think I'm losing it. The Wolves dropped a 2-5 and five as we just lose our fifth game in a row now to Denver. Uh... Second in a row to Denver, but fifth game in a row overall. 123-116. This game was even better, but it was a game of runs. It was a game of runs. Great run for the Wolves uh, in the second quarter after getting beat pretty soundly in the first. And then the Wolves again and maintaining their lead, playing great basketball in the third, and get beat and shut down and stymied and frustrated in that fourth quarter. That's all i got to say about that. Now, Juancho Hernan Gomez had a fantastic three quarters, but the fourth quarter he didn't really show up. Jokic, 35 points, 15 rebounds, just dominated the Wolves. Absolutely dominated the Wolves. And it is Jokic, but it might as well be Jokic because they call him the Joker. Will Barton, another guy. Again, he's a he's a remnant of the, of the uh, how many million was it? $4 million bag? Four or $5 million bag, the invisible bag I used to have. That uh, <laughs> was the amount of money picked up by David Kahn and cash considerations to fire, uh, to be able to fire Kurt Rabbits. To basically recover that money, <laughs> to be able to buy out Kurt Rabbits in the in the termination contract, whatever. Will Barton was one of the uh, the remnants of that trade. Remember, he was one of the trade downs, or we could have had Will Barton, and he's been a valuable rotation player and spot starter for the Denver Nuggets. He had an awesome game; he really did. Uh, he's at least a rotation guy, but he's he's played some significant minutes as well back in that twenty. Uh, he was taken back in the twenty eleven draft. Very good game against the Wolves. 20 points, 3 assists, and all that. 7 rebounds. He just did a little bit of everything. Played sound defense. And speaking of playing sound defense and doing a little bit of everything, the Junkyard Dog 2.0 finally getting some significant minutes in this one. And it was a beautiful thing. He got 3 steals, 2 blocks. Can you imagine? Even at 11 points, 5 rebounds, just giving us the energy. The thing is, he puts the ball in the basket. That's what's nice. 4 of 5. He's not out there jacking up shots. He, he takes high percentage shots. He's not out there jacking him up like a Nas Reed does on occasion. Anthony Edwards is going to jack up everything because, well, he's got that. Uh, he's the number one pick in the draft, and we want him to see. We we want him to succeed and have great numbers and have a great career and everything. But this was not one of his good games. Sure, he wound up with 15 points, but that was down the stretch when the Wolves were getting beat, and he managed to put in a couple points, so he got in the double digit range. Good for him. He got in double digits after he struggled for so long. 6 of 19, 1 of 7, terrible. So now they're of the uh, Paladino-Joey ratio with 19 field goal attempts and 19, and 15 points. Just freaking awful. 
Beasley couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. D'Angelo Russell jacked up way too many shots like he always does, but at least he got to the free throw line. He did have 33 points and 11 assists. His numbers are spectacular, but he stunk in the fourth quarter. He stunk. Just like Juancho Hernan Gomez, an absolutely awesome game for three quarters. But then the fourth quarter, it was like, adios, bye-bye. <laughs> Denver just kind of shut them down, and they just missed, and they took poor, poor shots, shooting the ball too quickly rather than, like, setting up a better play, just kind of jacking up shots and missing. And, Jack, you know, you get the idea. It was just a broken record. Jack up shot, miss. Jack up shot, miss. And they're not using the clock at all to their advantage at any time. They're not playing sound offense. And then, of course, the the transition defense is, like, non-existent. It's like... uh, It was like a junior hockey team going against the 80s Oilers. That's what they looked like in transition. (laughs) Going against the 1980s Oilers, like in hockey. That's what it looked like. Um, Pretty, pretty funny stuff. Funny. Well, fourth quarter wasn't funny, but at least you had a good game out of the junkyard dog again. And I appreciate it. And I am going to continue to call him that, because that is his nickname for me. I will call him the, the, the junior junkyard dog. I'll call him the junior one until he ends up being better. But he is junior because it's a different generation. Like, uh, Jerome Williams could be Jerry Vanderbilt's dad. Easily. Easily. He's, what, 26 years older than the guy. So he could easily be his dad. Uh, junkyard dog junior. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt. It's it's fun to see him out there. It's fun to see what he brings. Darren Doogie Wolfson was uh, talking really high about him on the Scoop podcast back in the summer, and good job, Darren. Good job on this one. <laughs> He's, he, look, he looks like a nice find for the Wolves. Good job, Gerson, on picking him up, but boy, I don't know. This four, this four guard nonsense is driving me insane. Now, in this game, it wasn't four guards because Wancho's been the starting power forward the past few games, and he's, he's been okay. And he was really good against Denver on the fifth. The 25.8 rebounds, you know, 5 of 8 from downtown. And that is awesome. Uh, 10 of 14. You know what drove me crazy? I, I just couldn't believe it, but it's because of how poorly Anthony Edwards shot and Malik Beasley 0 for 6. That didn't help either. <laughs> 0 for 6 from downtown. Can you believe that? I thought for sure, at least you're going to get your French dips, right? You're going to get your, you know, Arby's. We have the threes, 12 three-pointers, and you get your free French dip the next day. They made 11 threes, <laughs> even though Juancho Hernan Gomez made almost half of the 12 you need. Juancho Hernan Gomez, Hernan Gomez, and they could still couldn't even get to 12 because everybody else shot so poorly. It was like, oh, my God. I remember opening up the app, and it said 11. Sorry, not, not this time. I was like, you've got to be kidding Ah, <laughs> oh, Malik, you could have made one, right? One? Anthony, you could have made a second one, right? Ant, sorry, excuse me, I don't want to offend him now and not vibe with him. Ant, Edwards, you could have made your second three. Come on, man. <laughs> a game of runs, a game of runs, and I don't know, the Wolves played in that fourth quarter like they had the runs or something. Yeah, I know, that wasn't too funny, but maybe it is for some of you. Just a nasty fourth quarter. It's too bad, because this was fun. This was a fun game to watch. And then the way it finished was depressing. Like, why? Why did you not win this game? You were playing so freaking well. It doesn't help knowing guys like Rubio contributed zero points. He couldn't make anything. He didn't really even attempt anything, hardly either. He looked like he's, you know, he looks like he's 37 years old some nights. I don't know, man. And Malik, again, shot like crap. And so did Ant. Ant Edwards. Uncle Edwards shot poorly. And I mean really poorly. Really freaking poorly. Man, we made only 11 threes. <laughs> well, we got our 
we got our we got our French tips last night against Portland, but we got absolutely obliterated after playing fairly well early on. We were playing pretty good, you know, and then the fourth or second quarter. The Wolves had a decent lead, had a little lead. We were playing solid in that second quarter, and then it was like floodgates. And we even got beat by 12 points in the third quarter after being beaten by 20 points in the second quarter. Oh my god! Game of runs? Yeah, multiple runs that were bad. It was a game of runs, all right. Oh, boy, that second quarter was really something. It was really something. Say if you were uh, <clears throat> finishing up uh, work or something and were just catching the second quarter, say if you're a second shift person, and it was like, well, we're doing all right. And then all of a sudden, it was like an atom bomb went off. And What the hell? That's how bad it was. D'Angelo and Anthony and Edwards with 26 points. So it was nice to see Anthony Edwards. He looked really good in this game. Spectacular move to the basket. He looked like, well, he looked like a much stronger Andrew Wiggins when he actually would drive to the basket and dunk earlier on when he was a rookie or second year when he played super well, when Wiggins, there was a ton of hope around him still. Now, obviously, Anthony Edwards is already physically bigger and stronger than Andrew Wiggins, which helps a awesome move to the basket, powering to the hoop and adding points in minutes that were, well, you know, <laughs> a time when the Wolves were already down by 20, 30 points in the fourth quarter. That's the unfortunate part, but at least it looked good, I guess. Junkyard Dog Jr. Junkyard Dog Jr. with uh, double-double. He got that 10th point later on on the free throw. That felt good. I was happy for him. And yes, he played well, and I want him to continue to get about 20 minutes a game. Jared Vanderbilt, the Junkyard Dog Jr. played very solid basketball, and he should get significant minutes in the future. I, I think he could at least get 10 to 15 minutes even on a pretty good team out there and be productive. Because you know what's good about Jared Vanderbilt? He's the same player, regardless who he's going up against. He's still going to get the rebounds. He's still going to play solid defense. He's still going to actually make a nice pass here and there. It's not like he goes out there in the junk minutes and then he gets all these numbers and then here come <laughs> and then here comes like major minutes against a really good team and it's like boom! Like he just, you know, like he shrinks about like about six inches, you know. When he shoots zero for six, he he can't make a layup. This and that. No, there's there's something there with Jared Vanderbilt, definitely, and that's what I appreciate about him in a big way. Russell twenty six points, but I don't know, is it is it what Marcus years ago would call empty stats? Well, he actually shot over fifty percent, so I'm going to give D'Angelo credit. He played pretty well in the game. Uh, didn't set other players up like Rubio, who did get ten assists. Very solid there. Rubio's kind of in that mode. His offense is like vanished off the face of the earth. He's not making those catch-and-shoot threes he's making at the Utah and Phoenix anymore. It's just gone. I don't know what happened to it, but it's gone, at least for now. But, you know, he's still got the assists kind of like uh, kind of like Jordan McLaughlin a few, or like, like about a week ago where he didn't score any points, but he wound up with like 10 assists in the game. Pretty cool. So at least he's an okay floor general still, him being Ricky Rubio. But other than that... Nothing to be super overly excited about. Uh, Nas Reed had a couple of nice moments as well. But again, was it just garbage time and that's it? Kind of. A nice little catch and shoot by J.D. McDaniels. Got a couple rebounds. He made a couple defensive plays. Uh, Vanderbilt, though, the way he makes guys miss and he kind of gets in the mix. I, I love what he does out there. I really do. And I don't know. I, I can't stop gushing about Jared Vanderbilt. And I know he's not going to get, he's not going to be a starter. He's not going to be a big time player. But at least you got something. You got something there. Uh, a guy that's productive in the minutes he plays. 
Beasley, Malik. Malik Beasley was not good. And I'm just, you know, I'm saying it like that because he played just, he, he was bad. You know, 3 of 13. He made a few threes, which is nice, but he overall struggled in the game as well. One up with 12 points and again, shooting like, you know, ugh, just another rough 25% type of game for him. I mean, what the heck, man? And Ed Davis, I don't know what happened here. I mean, the guy, normally you put him out there, he plays like 12 minutes and he winds up with six or seven rebounds. He only got one in this game. So he's just, I don't know, he was just kind of slow and plodding in this game, starting at center. I don't know. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt led the Wolves in rebounding. Again, what I mentioned, that digging for positives here. Wancho played pretty well also, though. Back-to-back games where he actually shot well. You know, a couple threes, 12 points, and he got six rebounds. He's okay. Culver is just kind of in and out. He's, I don't know what to think about Culver. Sometimes he's productive, and a lot of times he's not. He's not aggressive enough, and I think the other part of the reason why Culver is not super productive is if he is making a shot or two here and there, which he kind of was in the limited time, limited amount of times he got to shoot the ball, it's because of guys like Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards just jacking up shots. I mean, that that is the reason why Culver isn't getting offensive uh, numbers at all. Uh, and some nights he just stinks and he's not making a shot. But a lot of times these guys are stinking and still shooting. Like Malik, still shooting. I mean, Rashad McCants is back, folks. 3 of 13. That's, that's Rashad McCants. Anthony Edwards, 9 of 21. It's not the worst shooting ever, but it sure as hell ain't the best. 3 of 10 from downtown. I mean, that's just 30%. That's below average. That's below average. I mean, you know, even in the 90s, that's below average. A 30% three-point shooter is not going to make you say, oh, there you go. It's a guy that can make him sometimes. That's what it is. <laughs> Come on, Anthony, you can do better. But obviously, again, he's got many, many summers to practice and improve his game, and that's the hope with young Ant, Ant, Uncle Edwards. I'm just teasing because <laughs> of the Ant. I don't know. Sorry. Oh, man. Mm. That's what it is, though. I mean, for me, that's why a lot of other guys haven't been productive, like Culver especially. I think it's affecting Culver more than anybody else because by the time, you know, see, Rubio... Rubio's not looked on as an offensive guy anyway, so I don't think it matters. He's at least getting his assists. But Culver's the one that's getting affected the most. Like, Hernan Gomez is, you know, he's, he gets his moments here and there. But, I mean, these guys took about 75% of the shots. And I know that's like every team out there. You're going to have a lot of guys taking shots. But if they're not even making them, can we, like, move it around a little bit and give other guys a chance? Culver was a sixth pick in the draft, don't forget. He does have some skill, and he's had some moments. Give him a shot. I mean, for crying all out, does, does Anthony Edwards need 21 shots? Does, you know, Malik Beasley need to continue missing for you to uh, give up the ball to Culver once in a while? Like, two or three more attempts per Culver might have been something. Again, that wouldn't have given us the game, and I know most of you are probably shaking your head saying that right now. That wouldn't have given us the game. But at least you build confidence for a guy like Derek Culver. So in the future, in the next coming weeks, especially when Carl's back, you might get more production out of Jared Culver. You might. That would be nice, but I don't know. I guess that's the NBA. You know, certain guys are just going to take their shots and other guys aren't going to get a chance. But I, I think Culver's a guy that needs a chance, though, especially when you invest what we've invested in him, which was a sixth overall pick in the draft. <laughs> I mean, I think he still deserves a chance. I think he still deserves some some time to get better. Uh, and I think there is something there with Jared Culver. I do. I don't think he's a future all-star. Maybe I'll be wrong, and he will be. Wouldn't that be great? But 
we'll see. I mean, a lot of people laughed when Chauncey Billups thought he could be an all-star still when he came to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, he, he got the last laugh. Billups made multiple all-star games, not with us, because he only played here for a year. <laughs> but uh, that's how that goes. Um, man, that was a bummer. Only played here for like a couple of years, Chauncey. And then he went on to Detroit and did really, really well. Really, really well. Borderline Hall of Fame career after that with Detroit and Denver. With that said, the Wolves lost again. I think I mentioned the score, 135-117. And again, it's just, you know, just because we had a cute little fourth quarter when we were down by, you know, too much. Too much to too little, that kind of thing. We were down by 30-plus points going into the fourth and made it somewhat cuter. Um, Portland goes up to 500, which is about what Portland is. They're about a 500 club, and we can't even beat a 500 club. We can't even come close to competing with a 500 club. It's pretty sad. With that said, I'll pass out the award for the week. The Lone Wolf Award is going to Jared Vanderbilt. There's no way I'm going to give it to D'Angelo Russell. Uh, the, the energy and the jacking of shots bug, bugs me. Beasley's inconsistent. Anthony Edwards isn't even close to a Lone Wolf Award right now. And it's not Rubio. Are you kidding? It's not Nazarene. It's Jared Vanderbilt. The Johnny Flynn Memorial could go all over the place. Lack of production everywhere. Um, obviously the frustrating vibes you get from D'Angelo Russell. He puts points on the board, and he had some good games, so I can't really give it to him. Beasley had a good game against Denver, but he kind of wasn't that good the rest of the week. I'm just going to generally speak the uh, the lack of defense, lackadaisical defense. I can't give it to an individual player this week. I can't. Uh, just It's like a total team effort in terms of the way we're just not playing well out there. There's just one guy that kind of sort of stood out, and that was Junker Dog Jr., and that's it. With that said... We'll take a quick break, and we'll preview three games coming up for next week. Looks like we just have to keep digging and digging and digging. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Time to look at three games to preview. We'll be playing the Spurs twice and Memphis once, so that makes it easy for previewing, I suppose, and you play the same team twice, as long as I don't ramble on too much, I guess. So Minnesota coming up here on the 9th of January, Saturday. We'll play the Spurs on the 10th. We'll play the Spurs again. So that's a good way of kind of uh, doing the old, uh, you know, like I was saying, it's kind of like a college, college thing in a way, college hockey or something. College hockey series, in a way, that you know, that's why it's like little mini bubbles. Then you pay Memphis twice as well, so it's like Spurs twice, Memphis twice, Memphis on Friday. So that'll be previewed on the next show. And that one's split up, but you play, we play Atlanta twice during the course of the week, but not one after another, I guess. So eh, it's just kind of a bunch of bouncing around. Let's talk about the Spurs. They just beat the Lakers. They just beat the Los Angeles Lakers. How about that? Rudy Gay hitting some shots, having some success. Good for him, I, I guess. They're 500 on the season. DeMar DeRozan, the former Toronto Raptor. Oh, I can't imagine the poor guy. He was there forever, and he was so good. And then he gets traded, and they win the championship. He gets traded for Kawhi Leonard, and Toronto wins the championship, and the Spurs don't. Spurs are nowhere near winning a championship, unfortunately. But, uh, well, they beat the Lakers. Devin Vassell getting things going. He's off to a nice start, hitting 50% of his threes. Good for him, but only averaging five points a game. But that's NBA rookies these days. They don't usually get off to huge, blazing starts. Rudy Gay, super ancient, but, uh, you know, he at least he hit some threes against the Lakers recently. Of course, they lost to the Lakers twice. 
Before that, the Spurs are 2-3 and three in their last five. They lost to the Lakers twice, like I just said, in Staples Center on December the 30th, New Year, and then on New Year's Day. On December the 30th, 121-107. On New Year's Day, they lost 109-103 to Los Angeles on New Year's Day. And then on the 3rd of January, they get pummeled. It's just like Washington versus Minnesota. Same score, actually, at home by the Jazz. 130-109. Same score. Yuck. Then the Spurs beat the Clippers and Lakers in Staples Center. That's kind of impressive. And now they come to Minnesota for a duo, a couple of games here, a weekend series. A weekend series. We're going to sweep the series, damn it. I hope we do. <laughs> but yeah, they beat the Lakers, or no, Clippers 116-113 and then 118-109 last night against Los Angeles, the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, yeah, good game, for, good game for Rudy Gay and others, but Rudy Gay stood out in a big way. Blah, 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 blah. DeJounte, DeJounte, Marie. Nice performance, uh, nice performance so far this year. He's not shooting super great, but he's putting numbers on the board. He's getting the rebounds. He's getting assists. He's kind of doing a bit of everything. He's been a nice find for the Spurs, but that's what they do well. Patty Mills, the spark plug off the bench. He's hitting 56% from downtown. That's, uh, that's pretty damn good. So they're hitting their threes. At least some of them are. Keldon Johnson, KJ, Keldon Johnson, not Kevin, but Keldon, he's uh, performing decently well, getting the rebounds, he's actually leading the club in rebounding, but he's kind of a double-double threat a bit, gets some assists, gets some steals, blah, 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 the only blocking threat is pretty much Derek White, but he only played in one game, so, I don't know, there's nobody really blocking shots for the Spurs, but I suppose it doesn't matter with the way the Wolves are playing lately, Spurs stand out in three-point percentage because of guys like, uh, you know, not because of Murray, but because of guys like I was just saying, Patty Mills and uh, the rookie Devin Vassell, a little 3D over there, and Keldon Johnson also, and DeMar DeRozan, blah, 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 blah. They're third in the league. Everything else, they're middle of the road. Fifth field goal percentage, 15th. Points scored, 14th. Rebounding, 12th. So, reasonable rebounding team. Reasonable, but not great. Wolves continuing to struggle, generally speaking, against just about everybody, and it's a doggone shame. Wolves 21st in points, rebounds, and 25th in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, 23rd, 29th in three-point percentage for a team that wants to have the threes. We have the threes. We shoot them. But the 23rd to 29th, it just smells like another loss. Wolves will play the Spurs a total of three times. So our next next meeting after this weekend series will be on Feb the 3rd in Santone. And then that's it. Again, the uh, kind of mini-bubble schedule which has been going on. This season, completely understandable. It is what it is. Oh, Wolves and Spurs. Historical matchup has been yucky. But I guess we played well against them last year. But more of over there than here, which historically we never win in San Antonio and always and occasionally win in Minnesota. Are the Spurs going to sweep us? Uh, maybe. We've lost six in a row. Oh, I think we win one of these. I think we win one. I don't know. We've been playing so bad. Oh, man. Oh, the hope is that the Spurs kind of come off a high, like, yeah, we beat the Lakers, haha, we're great, and then they, they run into a trap game called the Timberwolves. That's what I'm hoping for, but I'm not super encouraged right now. Oh, man, I, I don't know. I think we win one of these. I'll say we win the Sunday game, we lose the Saturday. We'll lose Saturday, and we'll win the Sunday game. I, I got a feeling. I hope. I hope somehow, someway, because, of course, both teams will be coming off back-to-backs. Wolves have some younger legs. You'll get Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony... Edwards rolling. Maybe Edwards has like a, a season high like he did last night. He had 24 points, but again, a lot of it was garbage time, but some great plays down the stretch. Hopefully Edwards can break through here a bit. 
and uh, have, a, have a nice month of January the rest of the way and average 20 points a game or something or 15 or something like that. But I think Anthony Edwards on, in one of these games, particularly Sunday, is going to break out and have a career high up to 30-ish, up to about 30 points a game, or in, in the game, about 30 points in the game. He's going to he's gonna break through. He's going to use his athleticism. And I think he should do that more than just jacking up outside shots. I think that's more his game. I think they need to utilize his strength more driving to the hoop. And, of course, you know, his athleticism, his strength. Use that instead of just launching threes. Work on your threes. Work on your outside shot in the summer. You fade away all that cute stuff. Keep working on that. I mean, keep it coming, but don't rely on your jump shot, Anthony Edwards, at this point. It's just not his game. Catch and shoot threes here and there, sure. Those are higher percentage than, you know, like, you know, kind of going up there, dribbling and jacking up threes. The, the you know, he needs to rely on his dribble drive and his, you know, his insane athleticism. He's got Dominique Wilkins-like athleticism. And there I go again because I did that with Dominique, or did that with uh, Dominique. I did that with Andrew Wiggins. But this guy really, he almost looks like Dominique Wilkins out there in a lot of ways. Will he ever be that good? I don't know. But it's funny how both of them went number one overall in the draft when it came to Wiggins and Anthony Edwards. There is a, to me, they're night and day as players. Obviously, Anthony's stronger. Anthony's more competitive. <clears throat> Unfortunately, both of them do jack up uh, <clears throat> shots. Both of them jack up shots. But at least one of them, they're not the stupidest shots in the world. It's just, you know, it's like spot up threes, spot up three, spot up three. It's not like he's just out there doing weird, like, long two-point fadeaways from God knows where and think it's the most beautiful shot in the world. So that's the big difference. Anthony Edwards will be the hero and the Wolves win on Sunday. The Wolves do not win on the ninth. I think it's just another, you know, another typical Wolves loss by like 10 to 15 points, like 10, 10 to 20 points, something like that. It's going to be a double-digit loss, the same old crap. Uh, Spurs wind up with like 125. Wolves wind up with like 110, something bull crap like that. But then on Sunday, I got a feeling. I've got a sneaky feeling maybe Spurs struggle a bit, and Anthony Edwards goes off, and the Wolves end up winning the game by a final score of I think the Wolves put up some numbers. A big, big game. Big, exciting game. I think Vanderbilt's going to be a factor as well in that one, using that quickness and that, uh, you know, just using his hustle. His hustle. He's going to out-hustle some of those older Spurs players because there are older guys on the team now. Obviously, you know, obviously there are. Use some of that quickness. He'll frustrate some players, even get to the free throw line and hopefully make them. (laughs) And Anthony Edwards will do the same. Wolves end up winning 130 to 125. An epic battle, but the Wolves beat the Spurs. 130 to 125 on Sunday. Now I go to the Memphis Grizzlies. This is... I don't even know if I gave them a shout-out on the last show. I, th- I think I did. I always do, right? Almost automatically. The Courtside Podcast, Wayne Hunt, the alpha dog of the Courtside Podcast. And get back on the show, damn it. Where have you guys been the past? You're like, man, it's, it's, it's been a little while. Missed you guys. Major, major shout-out to the Courtside Podcast, Wayne Hunt, out of Sydney, Australia. Memphis Grizzlies fan. Vinrock, Vince Germano. I keep calling him Vinrock, but yeah. <laughs> the people's champ. And the Lakers fan, Vince Germano, out of Melbourne, Australia. And, of course, Stu Benson, also a Lakers fan out of Sydney, Australia. So he's kind of sort of a a neighbor to uh, Hank McCoy. I just called him Hank McCoy. That was his old nickname, Wayne Hunt. (laughs) Sorry about that. I'm still saying Hank McCoy. Hank McCoy! I used to love how he'd say that. <laughs> I'm Paladino Joey, damn it. I'm Paladino Al or something, right? I'm Paladino Al Pacino. I'm Al Pacino doing the Timberwolves podcast. Yes, Memphis Grizzlies. They're doing six. The Wolves are doing six as well. 
Uh, hold on, I got a cigar. I got to finish my cigar here. Okay, so Carl Anthony Towns, is he ever going to play again? I don't know. Uh, who's it? Jonas Valanciunas? I don't know. Uh, John Moran, oh my God, he's kicking ass. He's 26 points a game, but he doesn't care. Uh, yeah, I guess he gets some assists, but not, not as good as uh, Ricky Rubio, you know, something like that. Okay, sorry. Memphis has been a pain in the ass for the Wolves forever. Back in the uh, back in the day, right when Marcus Gasol used to frustrate and uh, bully Carl Anthony Towns all the time, they, you know he'd out rebound him, he'd frustrate him, he'd stymie Carl Anthony Towns to like eleven points on like three of thirteen or some crap like that, you know something like that. Carl would jack up like seven threes and make one, you know, one of those kind of games, one of those, you know, just one of those. And then now they're more of an offensive team. Well, no, they're not. They were last year. They're not this year. <laughs> they were last year. Now they're down to 27th in the league at the moment, only averaging 105 points a game. But they are out-rebounding a lot of teams. They're 10th in the league. They're in the upper echelon, you could say. And then both teams stink in field goal percentage, separated by only a tenth of a percent. Memphis, slightly worse than the Wolves. <laughs> but they make their free throws, pardon me, in three-point percentage, same thing. They both stink from downtown. This is the only series of the oh, of the whole season between these two clubs. Wolves 0 oh, for their last five. Memphis 1 for their last five. As I try not to cop to death, thank God for the uh, little pause button there. <laughs> their only win, well, their most recent win, but that is the Memphis Grizzlies was on Jan the 1st. 108-93 to versus the Charlotte Hornets. The Char, the Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets. Otherwise, they lost to Boston on the 30th of December. They got swept by the Lakers. Big shock. So, Stu and Vince having their little uh, usual, like, yeah, you can't beat us. You know, that type of thing. Because they, they did that to us. They did that to Wayne Hunt. They did that to everybody. You guys are bullies. You know that? You're, you're bullies. Okay, no, not really. <laughs> well, you lost to the Spurs, though. So, if we actually beat the Spurs, then, well, <laughs> you lost to the Spurs. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, the Memphis Grizzlies also lost to Cleveland re- recently. But they do have some nice young players, to be fair. But only 94 points in back-to-back games for Memphis. If we can, we being the Timberwolves, can keep Memphis under 100, I think we can win the game. But maybe we'll find a way to lose 97-94 like we did over and over and over and over again when Carl Anthony Townsend gets stymied by Mark Gasol, who's long gone. He's on the Lakers now, of all teams. He's on the Lakers, which is pretty cool. Mark Gasol, who was traded... For Paul Gasol, he was buried on the Lakers bench because he was young and nobody really kind of, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of like Greek freak versus uh, his his, his uh, brother, that kind of thing, where you don't really hear about his brother. But then all of a sudden, Marcus Gasol ended up being fantastic, and Paul was obviously fantastic as well. It is what it is. It ended up being a pretty nice trade for both teams in both ways, though the Lakers ended up winning a couple titles with Pau and Zilch with Memphis, even though Memphis had a couple of good playoff runs, though. Good for them there. Hurts rent a car. Actually, Hurts outside the apartment now. Again, beautiful snow kind of all over the uh, branches out there. The little forest behind me by the train track. Okay, sorry. Wolves versus Memphis. Ah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? John Mor- John Ja Morant is actually suffering of the left ankle injury. That would kind of that's one of the main reasons why the Memphis Grizzlies have been struggling, losing games and not scoring points because John Morant is a scorer. He's only played in three games. If John Morant is not able to play against the Wolves, Wolves should win fairly easily. Should. Yeah, famous last words, right? 
Dylan Brooks has been a, a thorn in the side in the past for the Wolves. Gorgie Zhang is having a, you know, he's having a Gorgie Zhang-like season. Nine points and about five rebounds. That's about Gorgie. Tyus Jones is about Tyus. He's averaging about five assists, which is nice. Doesn't score a whole lot, but he's adequate. He doesn't really shoot a whole lot either. How, how many does he attempt a game? Oh, about eight. That's actually more more than I thought. Grace and Allen. <laughs> but I know he had a good game against us last year, if I can remember correctly. Sean McDermott. Not Doug, but Sean. I don't know. Without John Morant, I would hope the Wolves end their losing streak. We might actually win two in a row. Maybe we get a win versus Memphis after beating the Spurs on Sunday, if we if we actually do. This would be Wednesday the 13th, by the way. Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to pick... I'm going to assume Ja Morant is still out with the ankle injury. Again, it's the NBA. So, Ja Morant is out. Wolves win. 99-95 versus the Spurs. 99-95. We keep the Memphis Grizzlies under 100, which would be nice. And because they don't have their offensive weapon, Ja Morant, who's a 26-points-a-game guy, he is just something else, isn't he? So, don't blame a soul for being in love with Ja Morant. See, that was a rookie that got started last year and was just bada-bing, bada-boom, I can play in this league. You know, kind of like Trey Young and uh, the, I think, slightly overrated Luka Doncic. <gasps> Did I say that? Yeah, he's, he is slightly overrated uh, because the way people like people fawn over the guy like he's going to be a 12-time MVP. No, he's not that good. Come on. <laughs> he's really good. He might get an MVP or two. MVPs don't just come flying out of the sky to, to certain players. Even You know, Doncic is good, but he's not that. He's not at that level to me. He's he's not he's not going to be the league MVP the next ten years. Greek Freak I think is ahead of him and a few others as well. Uh, John Morant is one of the better players, and we'll get to see Trey Young next week with the, the Hawks who are playing pretty well this year, and love their unis and all that. God, they're the coolest uniforms ever. Memphis, their uniforms are kind of comforting. I kind of like that that baby blue, that sky blue look. It's it's calming. You know, and maybe that's why they don't score a lot of points, because they're just calm and collected and play some defense. I like that color. That's kind of a periwinkle color. It's not bad, actually. Memphis, I think the Wolves win 99-95 over Memphis, and we actually win two games in a row and probably don't win the next one, or vice versa, on Friday the 15th. Friday the 15th is the next game the Wolves will play, but I will not preview that until next week, even though I almost could preview it, but I just won't, I guess. Uh, we'll win one and lose the other, basically, is my opinion. I don't think we get swept by Memphis or San Antonio. And if we do, oh, Ryan, I think he's, I don't know, I think Ryan's seat's going to start warming a little more and more and more. Because, uh, I don't know. Something, I mean, uh, <coughs> he's got to get guys to play a little better than this. I mean, they're not that bad, are they? <laughs> Again, famous last words, right? With that said, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction and wrap this sucker up. back here on Timberwolves Explosion segment number three fan interaction I'll just give out the contact details a bit for the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion no activity on that page so we'll jump right to Twitter where it's much more active uh, lately with Tanae Brown and others out there at TWolvesX at TWolvesEX at TWolvesEX all this information will be in the show description want to thank 
Vince Germano out of Australia, Melbourne. Tanae and Levi Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent episode. Always, thank you guys so much. Tanae Brown on New Year's Day was saying, Wolves need another big man in Hachim, uh, need another big man in Hachimura, getting whatever he wants. And yes, he was. That's the Japanese guy there for the uh, Washington Wizards. Let's look at the actual conversation if I can, because I can see there's multiple... Uh, yep, and then, yep, Vince Germano says, Ed Davis, and I was saying, sorry for the late reply. I don't understand this four-guard nonsense. I don't think we're going to win anything this way. It's Rosas's plan. Yep, and yeah, Ed, Ed Davis, saying, yep, me and Vince Germano were saying how, yeah, basically he could get 10 rebounds in his sleep. He really could. Today continues, says, do, do the Wolves ever get calls going their way? Rubio gets steamrolled and is called for the block. Yep. They look at the, fla at the flagrant at Nas, but no look for one on Beal. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Beal whacked who was the player? Was it Anthony Edwards? I'm blanking now. Or was it J Jared Vanderbilt? I'm blanking on who it was that got absolutely whacked, though, by Bradley Beal. It might have been Nas, actually. Just absolutely whacked. I'm blanking on that one, but uh, that's exactly what happened at the end of the day. That ended up being one of the most frustrating games ever, but then again, I guess they all are. Uh, it was ridiculous. Tanae continued saying thoughts. I'm ready to. I'm ready to let him take over. Would hopefully bring some toughness to the team. Let's see which person is he seeing. Okay, let's go back. Here we go. So Tanae Brown says, "Imagine having Scott Brooks out coach you." Vince Germano says, "Okay, what happened was Tanae basically tweeted it out himself, and then it got Vince going and kind of brought me in. Okay, so that's good. Uh, good thing I loaded the whole conversation." Vince Germano replies saying, "Hate to say it, but Saunders has got to go." The guy got the job too early. There are games the Wolves should be winning. Yeah, these are games the Wolves should be winning. I think so too. Tanae says, we looked like a 10-8 to 8 seed when Cat was healthy. Now we look like a G League team. I don't know who we'd be able to hire, but I'm starting to think Saunders is in over his head also. Yeah, I, I think he is in over his head a little bit. I, I like him a lot. I want him to succeed. I don't know what to do about the situation. He probably should have been an assistant another like three to five years, you know, something like that. A little too young to get started as a head coach. I, I don't know. Maybe eventually it'll work out. It's too bad. Vince Germano brings up a very interesting name, a very familiar name. He says two words, Bill Lambier. All right. Well, and then Tanae Brown says thoughts. I'd be ready to, I'd be ready to let him take over. Would hopefully bring some toughness to the team. I don't know. Uh, he can do it. He can coach. He's, I've never heard anything good about the guy. Like, he's the biggest asshole ever, basically. And people said that locally, like, about him when he was an assistant coach with uh, Kurt Rambis. I don't know. I've heard he's just like a big, he's a really, he's just a huge asshole. And so, I don't know. But maybe they need an asshole, I guess, to lead the team. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, he came off like an asshole, but he wasn't. That's the thing. Tom Thibodeau's actually a nice guy. He's just gruff. You know, like they say, he's like a really nice guy and he never holds grudges. Even people in the media that cut him down. He, he came up behind Krasinski and gave him a big hug. Right after, it was like maybe like a month after he got fired. Think about that. Think of how many coaches you'd assume like a Tom Thibodeau type. Maybe like, bleep that guy. I'll never, I'm not even going to look at him. I'm going to walk right past him. I'm going to pretend he's not even there. How many people would do that? And then, you know, it's pretty amazing when you think about that. How, what a, he's actually a good guy, Tom Thibodeau. Kind of going off, kind of going off on the rails here. I apologize. Lane Beer is an interesting option. I'm highly doubting they'd bring him in. I think old school, new school type of thing. 
I like old school better in a lot of ways. I, I don't know. I, he might be too old school, maybe. Um, I don't like... I don't think I like Rosas' vision, though, in terms of this three-guard, four-guard crap. Three guards maybe here and there, but four, four guards, and you have, like, your center's, like, six, eight. Eh, I, I think that's bull crap. You're, you're going to get demolished on the boards, and you're going to be in the bottom, like, third of the league forever in the rebounding, and there's just more and more to that as well. Tommy Lasorda. What are they talking about, Tommy Lasorda? Okay, I'm seeing that's a trending thing. Vince Germano finishes up this little uh, thread thing. How a team hasn't hired him is beyond me. Winning player and coach would hold stars accountable at both ends. We'll get the team playing hard and demands respect. I think it's his reputation behind the scenes. He said he's not a good guy. You know, just like uh, a lot of people were wondering why the hell Kareem Abdul-Jabbar never got hired. Because the fact of the matter is, from all accounts, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is an asshole. Like a huge asshole. So, and forgive my French if you don't want me to be saying that. Some of you locally here that might have been Maranatha Christian Academy members, so apologize to some of you out there that might know me. But that's what I've heard. I've heard he's just the biggest, you know, he's not a good guy. Uh, that's what I've heard. And sometimes people just don't, they, they just don't want to bring like a, a negative uh, environment to the team. That's my belief to what's going on. The Lambeer, I mean, he coached women. So, and they won championships. Uh, was it the Detroit Shock? So there's that. If he can coach women, you'd hope he could be reasonable with men and not be an ass. So I suppose there's that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just uh, too much too much animosity. Kind of like Isaiah Thomas was kind of a, an a-hole and never got to be a member of the Olympic team when he, it was like plain as day he should have been. That Detroit team seemed to get phased out from a lot of uh, <laughs> from a lot of groups. Like they're, they're not in the gold club. That's another thing I don't like about about the NBA. There's too many gold clubs in the league, and they're, they're assholes too, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, you didn't get a ring. Get away. You don't count. I don't like the people act with that either. Let's keep moving. Tene Brown says, I don't mind the good threes they take, but, yeah, because I was tweeting, I was saying, it's like all we care about is shooting 99 threes and missing 98 of them. Okay, I guess we make 12 of them so we can get our French dip sandwiches. But that's about it. Arby's French dip, yep. <laughs> we end up shooting like 20%. I need some defense and rebounding. Hashtag Tim Rose, blah, blah, blah. Vince Germano did the uh, quote tweet. He says, I don't mind the good threes they take. Yeah, like spot up and catch and shoot threes. But look at the assist numbers tonight. We're ja- Exactly. We're jacking them up from iso ball or shooting them off balance and transition. It's embarrassing to the game. Yeah, that's garbage. That's absolute garbage. That's, the, that's, like, that's like, you know, health club league crap. Or like, you know, intramural league basketball. I loved playing intramural league basketball, but there was always two or three, forgive the forgive the word again, assholes that would never pass, and they just shoot the ball from wherever, however, wh- whichever. It was obnoxious. Pass the Mickey frickin' ball, you little jerk. Pass the ball. You're shooting like 12%. Pass the ball. I mean, there are people I just wanted to punch their face in. But I was just kind of too nice, and I didn't really know them well. I could kick their butt because a lot of them were just little guys anyway. Just the you know that little that little man syndrome where they they gotta have the ball. They 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 think they're all that and they're not and stuff. They have this pride. I don't know what their problem is. And I was saying that's the thing. They're literally just jacking them up and missing over and over and over and over. All Anthony Edwards points tonight were pure garbage time. So disappointing from a week ago. He's really struggling. And Tanae Brown nails it here. Just like we were kind of both nailing it together, but he, you know, sealed it nicely here in a big way. He's setting, settling for the jumper. He looks so good when he's at, uh, what was I saying in the earlier segment? 
He looks so good when he's attacking the rim, but that's all stopped suddenly. Exactly. And that's what drove me crazy about... Oh, I don't want to say the word. I don't want to say the name. Andrew Wiggins. Settling. Remember, there was a, an episode about a year ago when he was still here. It was called The Settler because Andrew Wiggins was a settler. And I kind of got that idea from those silly commercials where they'd be these people in these pioneer outfits. Don't be a settler. Like, don't be a settler. Like, you're settling for cable TV or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I hate the sounds I'm hearing upstairs. <laughs> it's almost over, though. Almost over. i got to remind myself about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never changes, man. Um, the Settler. Yeah, I mean, I'm praying to God, please. Like he was driving last night against the Portland Trailblazers, and hopefully he could continue to do that moving forward, him being Ant, Anthony, Edwards. Keep driving to the basket. Use that strength. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mr. God-Gifted, thank you for joining on board. Hope I can keep hearing from you. I like it. I like this guy. He's got some good takes. Got some good, strong takes. He says, yep, and that was, that was he's continuing our conversation with uh, Mr. Uh, Tanae Brown, Mr. God Gifted. I'm not sure exactly where he's from, maybe locally, I don't know. He says, I think it's coaching, that would be of Saunders, when he was able to do this, Anthony Edwards, he was, when he was, when he was able to do his thing, he was fine. Even one of the commentators said Ant is just relegated to the corners. Yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? Yep, kind of like with uh, Jaden McDaniels. Seems like he's always just kind of relegated to the corners. Now, he's got a nice corner three. Jaden McDaniels has a nice corner three on the catch and shoot. And that's pretty much it. But Jaden McDaniels is supposed to be a bit of a power forward, right? He's got that defensive capability. I want to see more out of Jaden, but of course, again, a few catch and shoot threes ain't going to kill anybody. He could be a little bit like a Kyle Kuzma, I think, in time. Uh, some of the, like how he was knocking down threes against us and other teams. Uh, a little bit early on against the Spurs last night, but uh, as the game progressed, it didn't go as well. Nice to meet you, Mr. God Gifted. And it says he's from the United States. That's a, uh, yeah, that's pretty, uh, <laughs> that's pretty, uh, well, yeah, I guess he's from the United States. <laughs> so he's locally that way. He's from the same country. <laughs> he's not from uh, New Zealand or Australia. So he's kind of local. <laughs> I'm guessing he's from Minnesota, though. That's my guess. Janae Brown continues. A new one says, if they're going to keep him in the second unit, that being Anthony Edwards. Yep, that's got to be who he means. He should be leading it in usage percentage. Ball should be running through him early in the clock. Might look better when Rubio gets relegated to the second unit. Who are we talking about? Is it Anthony Edwards? Yeah, yeah, it's Anthony Edwards. He was actually he was actually wrapping up that conversation. That was a good one. Vince Germano saying Ed Davis, the conversation. Mr. God Gifted followed. Hopeless Wolves fan followed. Thank you very much. Yep. I think he was following my original one, so he might be kind of joining on board again. I appreciate that. As we had a little conversation last night when I ranted a bit when the Wolves were getting demolished by Portland because I got quiet during the week. I was saying it pains me to say this, but we absolutely suck. And Hopeless Wolves fans had agreed. And <laughs> Norm Green still sucks podcast. That's about, it's basically Minnesota sports, all the curses. So, but it's got the North Stars logo and everything. So beautiful. Minnesota North Stars. How they, remember the whole thing where I ranted years ago about Harvin Marv and Norm Green and all that? Harvin Marv nearly cost Minnesota two professional teams. Both of our winter clubs, by the way. So in case Norm Green still sucks, podcast is listening. I'm sure they'll be talking about that at some point. And if they don't, this is added material for their show. Harv and Marv were basically, you know, they would not work with uh, Norm Green about bringing the North Stars 
to the uh, Target Center. They just could not agree on the uh, advertising, this and that, how, you know, the shared advertising in the Target Center and all that. Uh, see, nowadays, you got the big rings and all that stuff where the advertising it wouldn't be a problem. You just change it for the uh, different team, whatever. Like if one's Pepsi, one's Coke, blah, 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 where back in the day, back in like 1993, there was, it was more like the billboard type stuff. There was, it was still, you know, those little billboards you'd see in arenas back in the day, you know, because you were more or less relegated to just kind of lights. That's what kind of, uh, you know, <clears throat> monitors you had back in the day. It was mostly scores and stats and stuff, where now the big ring could say Pepsi, it could say Coke, it could say Taco Bell, Arby's, you know, whatever the hell. Um, but back then, yeah, I mean, Harvard Marv just would not agree with Norm Green. Norm Green could have worked, uh, could have had the North Stars and Target Center. At least he tried, as much as an ass as Norm Green was. That's another asshole, by the way, who couldn't work with anybody well. He was a jackass. Um, he could have at least brought the value of the team up, moving them to Target Center, and then sold them and got his money and moved on to whatever he wanted to move on to, just being richer, I guess. Um, but Harvin Marv wouldn't work with him. And then they tried to sell us to a team that would move us to New Orleans. So Harvin Marv are jerks too. Harvin Marv's still suck also. Uh, God rest their soul as well, though, unfortunately. <clears throat> Mr. God Gifted continues, saying Rubio and Russell are a disgrace, and the roster isn't good other than Cat and maybe, I mean, Cat and Anthony, maybe Culver and Reed. Everyone can go. Everyone else can go. Yep. I, I, I feel you. I feel you, Mr. God Gifted. <laughs> it's an interesting, uh, I like that one. Yep, he's replying to me and uh, Hopeless Wolves fan. I think somebody unfollowed me for saying that. Oh, I pressed the wrong button for saying that we absolutely suck right now. I didn't mean to say that, you know, in terms of like, I'm just bashing the club. It's not about bashing the club. It's extremely frustrating. Random hoops, that would be Pumpa, jumps on board to wrap up this segment and the show, saying, and this is, of course, Pumpa out of Australia. Brisbane, I believe, is his uh, part of the country, his his city there. He says, ha ha, bro. Can't be good all the time. You have some talent to work with. And then I was kind of like, uh, well, yeah, but you know, you know who Pumpa's team is? It's the Golden State Warriors. And I was saying, wait, didn't I reply to him? Oh, what? I replied to him. Where is it? Okay. I say, but lately it's never good. It's not like we're coming off three championships the last couple of years. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Of course, I don't know if he was, uh, he was probably asleep already by the time I responded to that because it was late in Australia time. That was actually this morning for myself. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like we're never good, though. <laughs> so that's the thing. We do have some talent. We'll see. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you more and more. Reese Pedretti, Pumpa out of Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, oh, getting frustrated about something, but I'll leave that alone. It's almost over, Joey. It's almost over. Remember that. Yeah, Vince Germano knows a thing or two about that. Uh, with that said, I will take. Uh, I will wish all of you adieu. Thank you so much today, Vince, uh, Mr. God Gifted. I <laughs> love that. Norm still sucks podcast. Yep, check that out. Obviously, uh, Pumpa jumping on board. Thank you guys so much for your conversation. Always, always, always. Hope to hear from you more and more on the Twitter account at. T-Wolves EX at T-Wolves EX. Please do a call-in if you could or audio submission. You're more than welcome to do that. Any of your Pumpa, Tene, Levi, Vince, Mr. God Gifted, Norm Still Sucks, any of you guys. Uh, yeah, because that's two guys, actually. Norm Still Sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, Got to get to know those guys more. Their podcast started on Christmas Day this year, so I like looking at Minnesota history. Good and bad. Curses and blessings, I guess you could say. With that said, though, again, the audio submission, simply use any free voice recording application on the planet, on your smart device. Just open it, click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, 
save slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com. Always appreciate the free service they give me because it's a small enough file that they don't charge anything, but if you need to convert a bigger file, you can sign up to a monthly subscription to that. With that said, so that's why I'm happy to give them a free plug because their website existing helps my show. It does. Final thing, please give a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher or any of the other applications that allow you to rate the show. Positive rating, positive feedback. Thank you guys so much. If you can do that, it only helps. With that said, God bless you and talk to you soon. And (laughs) hopefully the Wolves get something going this week. Thank you.